was in the cart and I stopped and I got off the cart. I started taking the bags from my cart and put it into one of the carts that you push. And I went down to pick up the, the litter. And, oh, it hit me in the shoulder and I sat it back down real quick. And she came over and she says, you want me to get that for you? I was like, no, I can get it. She goes, oh, I don't mind. I said, I'm sure you don't mind, but I can get it. So I don't mind. It's part of my job. She grabbed that letter and threw that thing 100 feet in the air. I mean, just whipped it right out of the cart and set it down, boom, in the cart. I said, well, that's pretty impressive. You work out? She says, no, I've been like this all my life. She says, I'm 80 years old. I look forward to working like this. I got back in that little go-go cart, parking. I thought, what a pitiful, pitiful, pitiful man. <laughs> <laughs> True story, too. Uh, oh, glad no one else was around to see it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's Facebook this. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie. Brother Bob's back. What's up? Mike is here. How's it going? Scientific Mike is here. We get another new name? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Hi, everybody. <laughs> that means you're evolving. That's right. I don't believe in evolution, sir. No, <laughs> not good one. But he believes on the moon. Yes. How y'all doing? And the professor, monocle and all. I know. It, it, yeah, we're still going to have to do our live <laughs> now that there's like props and everything. <laughs> you going to say anything? Or are you just going to. Oh, I was waiting. You usually say Carl is here. So I was waiting for you to finish your sentence because the last time. Or one of the last times that I said I'm waiting for the introduction, well, I'm getting to it. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so I'm trying to get in your space. There we go. Mm, he showed mm. you some grace over there, Ronnie. Yeah. I was going to say hello in a different language than French, but I blanked out. So hello, <laughs> hello. That's all I can think. Of. Howdy. There we go. Howdy. Yeah. Howdy. Typical howdy. gun smoke action, yeah, right? Yeah. There. I've never heard him say howdy in gun smoke one time. No, but you would think they would. But they don't. They could. I bet Festus did all But camera. they don't. But they don't. <laughs> yeah. They could. But the last minute they don't do Listen, it. man, you may know your moon landing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> territory. All right. All right. I'll stay off that one. Mike, would you read our Bible verse for us? Absolutely. I'm going to read Galatians 6, verse 14 from the ESV. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So the topic tonight is but the cross, right? So we do things, we get called to do things, and we don't feel deserving to do them. But the cross makes us deserving. But the cross makes us worthy. But that emotion sometimes that we have takes us in a tailspin. I know it does me sometimes where I self-check and I don't feel 
deserving to do this or that. But the cross says otherwise. I can't be the only one at this table that feels that way. <laughs> Carl, you're piercing through my soul right now <laughs> with that look. This is my normal look. <laughs> <laughs> but I, and I know that we struggle with it a lot, especially like today. I put that topic out last night in our text thread. Crickets. Mm -hmm. Until... A certain someone always was like happy go lucky. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Schmike. <laughs> Jeez. Guys pause. But you know what I'm saying? Like, we we go through our own things. And feeling undeserving. Sorry, Bob, even unworthy sometimes. Like that it, it messes with us. We're not good enough. We're not the right person to do xyz yeah yeah i know that comes across a lot when for me when it's being touched on for something that i can't see my own calling but others can <laughs> <laughs> might have just killed the narrator I, sorry I about that there. jeez i didn't know you were gonna <laughs> reference that and i was taking a drink <laughs> no but i mean sorry. but honestly you know i mean because again you i think we're all our own worst critics i think and some more than others because sometimes they get self-deprecating and um can't see what is it what is it they say can't can't see my nose despite my face or something like that mm -hmm. but you know <clears throat> when others see it in you and and especially when there are people that are honest with you that god's put in your life and you know that it's uh like really that's what you see you know that really no that's wrong person wrong guy i've you know i've done that again you know six kids and last one just graduated and now we're going on and talking about fostering it's like wait haven't i done my time <laughs> haven't i raised my kids haven't I, I got grandkids i just want to enjoy them and really god really this is mm -mm, you know and again some other things that god's putting on my heart too but you do you you always question and you always think and it should be so easy kind of like the, the 80s and 90s you know what would jesus do it should be so easy for us just to put ourselves back in place with but the cross mm -hmm. or but god all of that and it still doesn't because we still try to run the other way mm -hmm. you know and uh so I think, I know that's, that's where I'm struggling uh, with the topic that you chose. Thank you, by the way, Ronnie. You're welcome. Putting something else in front of me that <laughs> I got to think about, pray about and work on and do, gee, I don't even know why I hang out with you. <laughs> Cause you like me. Uh, keep telling yourself that. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Coffee mic. You got anything? Not really, um, but our pre-conversation before recording, you, know, you were talking about how you see calling in other people, and you said that you know, sometimes people feel on work. Yes, Bob. Yeah, I already broke it. I already broke that. <laughs> you already broke well, that seal. I, I didn't want Bob to feel like a bag of candy back at me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm there most of the time because I have no idea what I'm called to do. 
most of the time I'm operating out there, I, I try to be a cheerleader for everybody. But I don't have a true calling. So, or one one that hasn't really been played out, played out for you, or manifested in my face, because I'm not the smartest guy in the room. So sometimes it takes people that see me, that know me, because I try to be transparent and say, "Hey, Mike, you know you you might work pretty well over here doing whatever this might be." But a lot of times I feel like I'm just talking to hear my own lips flap, mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm tired of doing that. So I have to be real careful that I just don't flat give up. That's a struggle I have every day, multiple times in a day. When I get like that, I I tend to just pull back and exist. Mm -hmm. In difficult situations, I tend to lean on humor, like I did to Ronnie and his little poster on the wall, which you all can't see, but... Yeah, it's it's an audio podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remembered that part after I said that. <laughs> you know, I, I, I like to aggravate people. It, it lets me show them that I care for them. Yeah. Because in our society, men don't love men. Right. Okay? I know Candy bothers Carl on the podcast. That's why I got Brother Bob, or I like to call him SpongeBob. <laughs> his own bag of candy but he can't use them because it's the wrong type of candy man he's trying to get that one to stick <laughs> several times and you know i got carl the professor i got him the monocle mm-hmm. just because sometimes i don't know how to say i love you without it coming across weird yeah i'm a servant i'm i'm i tend to be servant oriented i like to serve others in my heart, that's where I, I, th- I think I am. And little things that show people that I care for them, the way I tease them or little beads and trinkets that mean yeah. nothing. Right. Really in the big scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like people to know that they're on my heart. I think about them. And I use humor a lot to do that. I don't know why. This isn't anything on the subject. Oops. I'm off the rails over here, boys. That's fine. Hey, it's on your heart. It's on your heart. It's on your heart. It's, but it's, in, like, you know, it's the right place. Like you said, though, I got some good advice this past week about knowing callings. And one person I know quit everything that they had been doing forever because they knew that they were getting called to a ministry of some sort. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so in this conversation, because it's kind of like me, right? Like I knew before I said yes, what I was being called to do, but they dropped everything without even knowing what that calling is, except for its ministry. And so then I was like, so do you even have an inkling of knowing what it is? Nope. Cause I know me. That's what they said. And if I put my spin on it, then that's my spin and not God's spin. You know, sometimes, and, Hold on before I go any further. As far as you saying you don't have a calling on your life, every Christ follower has a calling. Whether it's just to pray for somebody, whether it's just to go out and spread his word, whether it's just to go out and just be a cheerleader, cheerleader, an encourager, an encourager or somebody that just sits and listens to somebody else because they need somebody to just listen to them. 
And Mike, I've seen you do that a lot. Just sit and listen to people and let them vent to you. And, you know, that that right there is so much encouragement to them because they've got somebody that will actually listen and not judge them for what they've got to say. There's so many Christians out there right now that say they do that, but no sooner than they're done talking to that person, they're telling somebody. They're out running their mouth. Yeah. They're out, yes, they're out spreading rumors or they're out gossiping over it, you know, because it's hot news, you know, people. And don't you know, I know, I know that uh, they're human. They're going to fail. But when you tell somebody that you'll listen to them and it's not going to go any further than that, it should stay there. And being one of Christ's followers, I'm, you know, pastors have an obligation to keep what's between them and the person they're talking to between them. I look at that as if you're a Christ follower and you truly have given your life to Christ, that is your job to keep things confidential when people are talking to you. That's that's our job. That's our calling. You know, and yeah, sure, he's going to call other people to preach like I, he called me to preach, which I run from for a long time. And he's been laying it back on my heart that I need to do something again. I mean, I just, you know, and I guess I've kind of been fighting him on it again, like I did, because I'm just, uh, I'm just stubborn, stubborn. Exactly. You I don't think he needs any help over there, Ronnie. <laughs> no, I do. Sometimes I do need help. I mean, honestly, I do need help because I get set in my own ways and I get set to where I think my way is the only way. But yet, sometimes my way is not the good way. You notice I put myself in there. So anytime you put self in there, just like the other, mm-hmm. the other guy, mm-hmm. you know, and and I really, uh, I really give him high hopes because you know he absolutely said, "Hey, I've got to just stop doing what I'm doing and listen to God." Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you what, putting that much faith. In your Lord, in your Savior, that takes uh, that takes a lot to do. But you know what? That's the way we all should be. We should mm-hmm. model ourselves like that, and be that guy that puts his total faith in Christ. You yeah. guys know I, I've had the diaper ministry on my heart for a long time. Mm-hmm. I told you the story that I was approached with a lot of money from MU to, to head up their entire Randolph County situation for their diapers and formula and other baby needs. Mm-hmm. So they wanted me to speak in front of legislators and things like that, which I don't have a problem with. But I've been resisting. She's been trying to contact me, and I've been ghosting, I guess is a better good word, because I feel that that's not – that's my vision was getting people to contribute money to that ministry, to buy diapers, and go out there – to the areas where people won't go or come in for help. And what's to say that you can't still? Well, it's my perception, I guess, of MU and how they're gonna how they're gonna take. So are you doing it off of what they've said they're gonna do or just what you're assuming they're gonna do? I don't like the word assume, but I guess it's the correct word. I just <laughs> I, I uh does that word convict you a bit? Yeah. Maybe I'm comfortable to shift my weight. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's make it this way. You're perceiving them differently than what you should. I just, I know, you know, MU 
the way they behave in certain social situations. Mm-hmm. I have a perception of how they will behave in this particular, because I want to spread the word of God, of Jesus, the love, the, and shine it on people who are just downright on the rock bottom to know that they're not alone and I'm helping a need to, to fill a need that they have, a basic human need, food for a child, diapers for the backside. And in that process, I want, I want, I want to shine the light of Jesus Christ in their life. And I'm pretty sure once I ramp up that, uh, that particular portion of what I want to do in a structure that is not designed or even, even welcomes that sort of thing, it's not what I, it's not, it's. Have, have so, you been told don't talk about Christ? Is it time for him to go? It is. Okay. I have a follow-up question too. No, no, I have not. Alpha Mike, I have not. Okay. So again, I hear a lot of, I feel, as opposed to, Why to me. Why is the last podcast turned into a therapy session for me? No, no, no. I'm just saying that. He allows you to speak. Yeah. To, allow but, him to retort. To. To me, sounds like God's already laying this in your lap because you wanted a way to help with this. Yes. Not run, not take control of the whole thing, just be a cog in the wheel, if you will, to, wait a minute, after talking to you, we think you'd be a good person to run this for Randolph County, which is no small feat. I hope you understand that. Because you're talking about a lot of rural communities, mm-hmm. little spaces that often get left in the cracks. Yeah. Don't get so focused. And this is this is not just to you, to anybody. We can't get so focused on the way we think right. something should be done that when the Most High gives us a path for how we can do it, that we say, that's not what I had in my mind. Mm. So I'm going to walk away from it until, until you, God... Right. Give me a path that conforms to what I want it. Or I'm going to be really careful about that. Or I'm going to ghost it. <laughs> so my, I have a follow-up question before somebody else. <laughs> but So do you think a small part of you, if you accepted that and the funding came in and everything was going good, the barbarian would come back a little yes, bit? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's a it's a... I would be in a position of power. Mm-hmm. I don't want that anymore. Don't want it in my life. I get it. I, it yeah. I was just, so do you think that part is clouding your perception part more so? Because of that fear of the barbarian coming back, then you're going to justify it by writing off and perceive it as a different way? I think it's probably a fair fair uh, summarization of it. Yes. I mean, you know, I'd be the main guy. I don't want to be the main guy anymore. So. Yeah, but we, we need more main guys that don't want to be the main guys. Yeah. That's the issue. We have too many. I don't even want to be paid, Carl. She tried. She, they want to pay me. I don't want the money. I said, get buy more diapers, formula, whatever it is you got to buy. I don't want your money. It's not a sin to be paid for doing for, for, for performing a role. Mm-hmm. But the, the main thing I wanted to say is we have far too many that think that the, the being called by God is to be a star. We have far too few that understand that being called by God is being a servant. You used that word a minute ago, servant. 
That's why he calls individuals that have a servant mindset to put them into exalted roles because he can trust them to maintain a servant mindset when they're in those roles. Somebody's got to be in the role. Yep. You have to have a chief, like it or not. You see this biblically throughout. There has to be a leader. There has there have to be leaders. If everybody is just doing everything the way it seems right in their own heart, you have chaos. There has to be somebody that's willing to step into that role with a certain mindset. Yeah. And you know what and you know what God's looking for, right? He's looking for the humble heart. He ain't looking Mm -hmm. for that proud heart. Right. That's exactly what he wants in leadership is humbled people. Because he knows that if you're humbled, he knows that you love him enough that you're going to do that job to the best of your ability for him. Right. And you probably talk, yeah. allowed you to walk the road where you where, where you you abused power so that you'd understand how destructive that is that you could be trustworthy mm-hmm. to have it later. Mm-hmm. Is that does that make sense? That, well, that's part of, of testing sense. you out. Flashing yeah. back twenty years and going. Yeah, I, was, I abused the crap out of it. But, I did, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I was pretty too. puffed up. So but, you know what to avoid. Right. And you know how to avoid it. Yeah, no, but, the only way I know to avoid it right now, though, is to stay away from it. Right. But you're also, true, though. Uh, you're also, I think, giving yourself too much credit. Because you're going off of 20 years ago, Mike, that before Christ. Right. Instead of looking at what has Christ done to Mike's heart, within the last few years and how different is that? Because again, like Carl was saying, nothing like this has presented itself to you to be the guy until now. Well, I've been called back many times to come back to work, which I can't do. Right. And I've always turned it down. Yeah. Even though I would financially be incredible. The, you know, the, the set of what God has for your life hasn't been met until now. Yes, that's correct. Because you threw out some fleeces mm-hmm. without even knowing that you threw some out, mm-hmm. right? Like, I want to do this, and I want to do this for his glory. Right. And then God just but, opened things up to you. Yeah. And then, well, here's this, this, and this. And on a bonus, we'll put the cherry on top, and then there's that. Yeah. And you're like, oh, hang on a second. Yeah. I'm not even going to pray about it. Because right? I think what... I think what you're allowing to be done is the enemy of your flesh or both to tell you that I'm just like with our topic, I can't do this. I'm not qualified to do this because I know how I failed in the past. And that's what the enemy will do to you. He'll point to your past failures and say, see, that's what the old Mike did. That's what the old Bob did. That's what the old Carl did. That's what the old Ronnie did. That's what I I don't want to leave anybody out. The other Mike, Micah, whatever. Anybody listening. That's what the old you did. And the old you is going to come back again. You're going to fail just like you did the last time. So just stay stationary. Don't do anything. Don't do a thing. It's exactly what the enemy wants. He wants you to just stand still out of fear that you're going to fail again. And I'm not here to persuade you one way or the other. I just want you to earnestly pray about Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Instead of canceling it out. Yeah. I I think... But I will tell you this: we're here to we're here to help you. Oh, absolutely! Here, support. I'll give you because again, we're here to make sure that you don't go back to being the barbarian, right. which is what you didn't have the last time. Right? right. No, I didn't. So here, well, more importantly, you on, didn't have God on a less grander stage. A couple of weekends ago, I went to a bowling tournament that I haven't been to in six years. 
because bowling is where I went to drink. And so immediately when I quit drinking, I plucked myself out of situations. So then that temptation wasn't even there. Similar to what I'm talking about right now. Exactly. Yeah. 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 The old guy of Ronnie was probably raring, raring to have his head back. And all he had, all he had to do was reach out for a, a cold one. Mm-hmm. And there was that thing. Cause everybody at this table knows that I'm a competitive person, mm-hmm. but I hadn't bowled in six years. I haven't even picked up a bowling ball in six years. And then the first frame, it goes right into the gutter and I'm like, huh, yeah, why did I even come here? And everybody around me is like, have fun, just have fun. And then it's like, yeah, I can't have fun. Cause I know in my head how to do this, but I haven't done it in six years. And he didn't have fun for a while. And I didn't have fun for a while because <laughs> Mike was one of the girls and was out shopping. <laughs> That's all right. And so I, can deal with that. I sent a text and I was like, I don't want that drink. Right. But I'm pretty close to where I would have already been a couple of buckets of beer in. But right now I'm so frustrated. I don't know how to deal with it Mm -hmm. because I know how quote unquote average good I was. And now I'm bowling like I'm four years old. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so, so you have both scenarios. Both of you got hit. First, you get hit with, uh, you know, with being put into a situation to where you're used to and you used to really thrive at. Yeah, I loved it. But then you got humbled. Boy, did I ever. You know, and. But the, but, but what I was saying was, and you're correct. Yeah. But at some point, at some time, you're going to have to walk back into that den. Mm hmm. Because you do, you have to, how else are you going to give God glory for the changes he's made in your life? If you just avoid anything and everything that was any resemblance of what you once did. I was mad, real mad at myself, not at anybody else, but at myself. Right. And I had our shirts on that silent Ron made for him and I for doubles. Right. And said Jesus spares on the back of it. So I had so good. (laughs) No, right? Sorry to interrupt. That's so good. It is good. Yeah. So I had to take a moment and go to the bathroom. Not because I had to go to the bathroom. Calm myself down and be like, if you're wearing this shirt out there and you're acting a certain way. Does that show? Jesus. And so then I went back out there and that next ball went right off my ankle, like literally off my ankle and into the drink. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Here we are. But I held my composure. It hurt like the Dickens. I'm not going to tell you. He breezed up pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but from then on, it was like, you're not the old man that you used to be. 
give yourself some credit. You haven't done this in a while. So there's my excuse, quote unquote. So just enjoy, be there, share the gospel if you need to. And we did. Not that we needed to, but we did. And that was more fulfilling than staying here and not going like like I dreaded to go. Same situations. I'm just saying at some point, whether you feel comfortable or not, I get it. But at some point, you're going to have to go back into that den. And that den is looks different for everybody at this table. Mm-hmm. When we were charging hell with a water pistol five years ago, four and a half years ago, well, two and a half years ago, I guess, <laughs> like I wouldn't have went into a bar to talk to somebody. That would have been two or three other people. Once they got to the parking lot, they're all mine, buddy. <laughs> Katie, bar the door. I'm talking their ear off. Yep. Right? But I'm not going in there. Now, I can safely say that I don't have that urge to even drink anymore. So, I, I'm i going to be cautious going in, but I could go in and and get somebody out. But you can't be there if you're complacent where he wants you to be. Right. Where the enemy wants you to be. We'll see what happens. I'll give a lot to think about, a lot to pray about. Yeah. I probably owe somebody a phone call. Mm-hmm. Because that's the way to behave towards anybody regardless of the situation. It's like putting a thing in the group chat, nobody responding. <laughs> I did that. I did that last night. None of y'all responded to me. <laughs> Crickets. That's what I'm saying. We responded yeah. in silence. Yeah. That's right. Uh, deep we thought. Were thoughtful. Deep thought. Nah, 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 nah. Uh, I'll give that one to you, Coffee. You there you go. Thank you. I don't get them very often, so I'll take it. <laughs> so, Micah, you are a pastor. Right. I am. Yes, I am over here. I heard you go. Yeah, I hesitate because I, I, I you know, sometimes, you know, those, those, those crazy people with pastorates and college degrees and no, we don't, no, no. <laughs> but so knowing this topic though, yep. right. And, and you accepted your calling a while ago yep. and I know that you went through the same ups and downs as yes. everybody else sitting at this yep. table. Yes. Is there ways that seem different to you like you're alienated because of absolutely i i think you know first of all the reality of it is we are unworthy in it ever in it in it of ourselves we're not worthy but the verse she said the, but the cross mm-hmm. his blood covers us so he transfers his righteousness to us makes us worthy through the blood of christ but the enemy will put it in our minds that we're not worthy. He will play on that and he will whisper those things in our mind. You can't do it. You're not good enough. There was an old pastor a long time ago that he said, God doesn't call the God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. Mm-hmm. Yes. In other words, 
when God calls you to do something, we are to surrender and do it. It may not be what we wanted to do or expected to do. My wife, a few months ago, several months ago, quit her daycare business. And, and the goal when she quit her daycare business was for us to be more involved in the community and do more, do more ministry and, and just kind of, kind of jump in, jump in both feet and, and go, go gangbusters and, and helping out. Little did we know that we would be taking on two special needs kids almost full time to, to, to keep them from going into a home somewhere, but, but to, to take on two special needs kids. That call, and I say this to Diane all the time, that's not my calling. It's not what I'm called to do. And thankfully for a godly wife, her response is, but this is where he has you. This is where God has you right now. He has you in this position. Yeah. You know, who else is going to do it? Who else is going to take care of the least of these? Who else? And so sometimes when we think of calling, we think of, like we talked about earlier, the big stuff, you know, the the grand scale, the authors of these famous books are pastoring this huge church. And um, I was reminded of that today, actually. It was something that, that Carl posted that, I think Carl posted it, but my wife brought to my attention that, you know, when we preach the truth and we preach what God wants us to do, there's probably not going to be a huge following, mm -hmm. you know, because we're so, we're so, when we're so concerned with traditions and so concerned with this is the way we've always done it, or this is the way it has to be, we're missing the purpose of what God has for us. Yep. And so, and so I think we all face that. And I, and I face that. Yeah. I answered the call to be a pastor a long time ago, but through those years, that's changed a lot. You know, it's more, the ministry is more, outside the church walls than it is inside the church walls. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at us on a Sunday morning and to the common person, it would look like, well, we're not very successful. We don't have a big congregation. We don't have a whole lot of money. We don't, you know, all the things that the world looks at as success. Right. But then you look at the hearts of the people and you look at the people that we're impacting and you look at the people that we're ministering to, and this is not a brag no, by any no. means, but, but you look at that aspect and you go, man, God's really doing something. God is really, you know, really, really working in our lives. And we've, we've got to see it in different ways, but mm -hmm. the devil whispers and says, well, you don't have a church of a thousand people or whatever it is. You don't have right. these great, big grand buildings. You don't have this great program. You don't have, you know, whatever it is, the devil wants to whisper those things in our ears. And we go, well, maybe I'm not qualified to do that. <laughs> maybe I'm not good enough to do that. And that's exactly where the devil wants us. But the blood of Jesus, but the cross, that's the whole reason why he came to this earth. Mm -hmm. He said, go, go make disciples. He, he said that to the multitude. He didn't say that to specific people. He said, go make disciples. Mm -hmm. go, go follow me, surrender to me. And I will set, set things up. I like the verse where it says that God's word is a light into our path. You, know, you think of the headlights on a car, it only lights up, even with your bright lights on, it only lights up so far. Mm -hmm. yep. As you continue to go down the road, it lights up a little bit more and a little bit more, a little bit more. I think that's that's the the definition of that 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 verse, or one of the thing one of the ways that I apply that verse is he will light our path as we go. Just follow him step by step. Mm -hmm. And so and so and that's to go. You, right. you have to go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, you're, and, apart, and you're only going to see. And, and, and yeah. we're, and we're like Same. Jonah so often, or we're like, you know, I don't want to go that. Well, maybe that's not for me. Well, 
God's put every single per, every single situation in place for us, and we go, yeah, but mm-hmm. you know, I, that's that's what I did with our with these special needs kids. It's like, yeah, but that's not what I'm really supposed to be doing. I'm not, you know, Diane has the heart for that. She, her, her, I mean, she has the the heart of gold, and she's the compassionate one, and she's the one. I, I'm I'm not that way. <laughs> well. Guess what? We're one. God put us together, and so yep. it is. It is the calling that God has for me. Mm-hmm. It's not what I would expect. It's different than what I expected, but that's where He has us right now. Right. And so I think when we're talking about that, we have envisions one way of God working, and God says, "I want you to be right here." And we've talked about this before. You know, we're talking about the big scale. You know, let's open the shelter and do this and mm-hmm. the big stuff. And maybe God's just saying. You know, I've placed all these things right here around you. Let's start using those. You know, faithful and little. Yep. He'll make you faithful and much. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's a great point. It's like Very good. pray to make you patient. Yes. And it gives you opportunities yes. to be patient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, an old old friend of mine used to say, "Never ask God for patience, because He will sure try it. <laughs> he will sure <laughs> He will sure teach it to you in ways that you didn't expect." And so. That is a fact. Yeah. Carlos, you got anything, sir? Yeah. The father laid something lovingly very painful on me today. I think it's applicable. There's a lot that I could say about, you know, our topic. I think it comes down to our propensity to compare ourselves to others. Realistically, I know it does for me. Like you, you you look at what you feel like you're called to do, and then you start comparing it to what it looks like somebody else's calling is, and you're like, that's not as good. That's not as good. Yep. You know, so you you like fluctuate between I'm not good enough to do that, and why can't I have what they have? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I really think it comes down to our our focus is uh, inverted. Um, what I mean by that is, I think we believe that sharing the gospel is the most important thing. I'm going to say something controversial. It's not. Our relationship with the eternal Father is the most important thing, but we're so focused on what we do as a calling that I think we backburn our relationship with Him, mm-hmm. and it causes serious problems. Um, for one thing, if you don't have your relationship with the Father right, the reality is the gospel you're going to be sharing is going to be a half gospel at best, maybe a false gospel at worst. At worst, And if your relationship with him isn't where it should be biblically, it's going to be hard for you to tell the difference. I think, you know, he, he goes through seasons, I think. We see this biblically. He'll, he'll, he'll reveal himself to his servants through his names. You see a lot of names for the Father. And uh, I, I think he just sort of breathes into your spirit a name for himself in the season you're in. For example, for a while, I, I, I referred to him sort of reflexively as the Most High. I just started calling him the Most High, like the, the God way up there, way up there in the sky. For some reason, the last few weeks, I just, or the last couple of weeks, I guess, I just started referring to him as the Eternal Father. It's like I shift my, shifted my vernacular, and I didn't really know why. Um, so... The season, I mean, I feel like I'm really in a season of purging. We're in, we're in a, uh, the, the biblical season, we're in the counting up to Pentecost. We're actually in the final week. You count seven weeks. 
And he kept bringing me to references of being refined seven times over. And ever since then, like through this whole seven week period, every week there's been something that he's like revealed to me that I needed to purge out. And today he revealed to me something like it's like the last thing and it's the worst thing. And I think it's the cause of everything else. And it's, it's my relationship with him. Um, I admitted out loud today for the first time, and I think it's something that I've known for a while. I want affirmations from people, I think. And he really hit me with, if I was the only one that was proud of you, would that be good enough? <laughs> I had to admit out loud, no. No. The flesh in me, the way I've acted, I don't think I can say with honesty that it is. And I've got to confess that because that's a horrifying sin. We think that calling is something that we do to get attaboys from other people, and it's not. Right. Because we've inverted things. It's got to be our relationship with him first and foremost above everything else that if you lived your entire life, Nobody noticed a thing you did. Nobody cared about anything you did. Only he did. It'd be enough. Because at the end of the day, our relationship with him is the only imperishable thing in our life. The only thing that's going to out outlast everything else is our relationship with him. And if we don't have that right, we're going to screw everything else up. Mm -hmm. It's like, <clears throat> I'm glad you mentioned that too, because... I don't know if I should say this because it might be a poster on the wall, but I've always re referred to us as the yin and the yang, mm -hmm. right? You and I, because like when I first answered that call in and I got that present, the Easter service, like I was like, I, why am I doing that? That should be Carl. And, or no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was that one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then like, you felt the same thing, only it was the the whole opposite, right? Why does Ronnie get it and not me? And then we talked, and I'm not saying that we always agree, but we kind of level each other out. Right. And it's seeing that whole picture of the whole thing. And I always tease, like, I do Jesus 101, Carl does Jesus 102, right? Like, that's the thing. But in the same as the same part is like I didn't deserve or I don't feel like I deserved or could even qualify to do it justice every time. And I think that's a self check for myself too. Because if I go to a pulpit to do a sermon, I'm doing what he asked or has called me to do. It doesn't matter if I strike out, I foul tip it, I get a home run, whatever. Cause nine times out of 10, if I feel like I hit a home run, I guarantee you I didn't. And if I walk away from it, feeling like I hit a home run, then that's probably the last one that I'll do. Yeah. But to your point, I think that's the checks and balances of being inverted because we both in separate sides of town 
separate situations. We were both inverted and looking outward of why, why, mm-hmm. why. Then it comes back to that sin of comparison. Mm-hmm. You're comparing yourself and then what to somebody happened? else is doing. Then what happened? You got asked to preach a sermon somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the same weekend. The same weekend. Right. Perfect timing. Divine intervention. We've got to get to a place where if he asked us to serve him in a room where nobody saw what you were doing but him, that it'd be good enough. Mm-hmm. And the flesh in me, I'm not there yet, but I want to be. And you've got to admit it out loud. If, if you know that's in your heart, you've got to confess that out loud because he can fix it. You can't. You can't. But you, you've got to stop living like it's not really there. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the keys is the, we always talk about the heart issue, but you have to remember, Carl, I'll tell, I talked right to you because I'll say it to Ronnie anytime, but, uh, that God's allowing you to see that in yourself and he's allowing you to, to see the fact that, you know, you're still broken and that you're not getting away from that because we'll always be broken, you know, but that he's still using you through all of it, no matter what it is, that he's going to put people in place for you to touch, even when you don't realize you are. But again, and this isn't to say something to bolster you because you, you know, because of what you said, but again, you have enriched in the, what I consider short amount of time that you've been in people's lives around here, around us, everybody's life in such a way that it's really immeasurable because the way that you present yourself, the knowledge that you have, I think what makes everybody around you want to be better and not in a competitive way, but in a way to, that, that shows, I don't want to say a, well, don't speak for me. It might be a competitive play. <laughs> yeah, probably, <laughs> probably, uh, but, but I mean, it, it, in a way that it's, it's a man. I want to. I want a, a thirst for that knowledge, you know. And it's. It's. I always used an excuse of, well, I was, I was never, you know, brought up in the church, so I don't know how to search it out. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to which version to read. I don't know who do I listen to. I don't know all of this, and it's, you know, you've shown me, and I'm sure others around you as well that it's a matter of just getting in and doing it, of taking the time and making it a priority as opposed to somebody else is going to do it for you or somehow just through osmosis, it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Because you can't listen to enough servants to get the word of the word of God. You know what I mean? You, you, you can't do enough Bible studies, do enough devotionals, any of these to truly get the word of God. You have to get in and you have to study it. You have to look at it and you have to, you know, again, the, the, you know, I know I always say it, but you know, when you, when you talk about the word words in Greek and stuff like that, and you never do it in a way that is bolsterous or like, oh, look at me. I know these fancy words. You've taken the time to get to know them and to know the definitions, to know the characteristics of it, as well as how it, how to properly use it. And so it's not just 
to be flamboyant about it, you know, and, and that is such a difference. And that, again, is such something that is so in, inspiring for me to want to get to a point of, of that, of that knowledge and, and knowing the Bible and, and knowing the stories in, in such an intimate way that it's, carries on, you know, for, for generations in my, in my home, you know what I mean? And stuff like that, that it's, you know, and, and Ronnie's is the same way because, you know, I don't know if I've ever really said this, but you know, you guys were talking about the comparison thing and I had some of that with Ronnie because it was like, wait a minute, Ronnie's only been doing this five years. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And when we kind of started this thing together, it was Ronnie would come to me with questions. And then Ronnie's so far removed now from me that again, you know, we've, we've had this conversation. Where do I fit in now? Where do I, where do I go with this and what do I do with this? And I've had the, I had the same thing with my wife, you know, and it was one of those things of, okay, I, I gotta be either better myself or I gotta step away because, you know, I, I can't, I can't, I can't be half in, gotta be all in, you know, or. I'm just doing nothing better than I did the last 20 years, sitting on a pew, checking the boxes, you know, and this group of men that God surrounded me with has led me to that so much that it's one of those, uh, you know, I'm not as good as I could be, but I'm a lot better than I ever was, you know, so. Let's pull the needle off the record. Go into the final thoughts. You're up. <laughs> exactly. How did that happen, Bob? How am I up? Because I pointed at you first. <laughs> he did. I saw it. Okay, so else did. we're back in the schoolyard now. That's right. Uh, so saith the brother Bob. That's right. <laughs> SpongeBob. SpongeBob. You guys call SpongeBob me. has spoken. <laughs> final thoughts. Well. There's so many things rolling around in my head. I don't know which one to pull out. Grab one. Yeah. Again, I feel like it turned into a therapy session for broken Mike. Hey, that's a that's a new one. <laughs> yeah, why not? I figure somebody's gonna throw it out there sometime. <laughs> I think that's gonna be my shtick now. Like every episode, I'm gonna give you a new name. So like every time. <laughs> <laughs> Because I see that grin on your face, okay. and I love that idea so much. I can already see the shirt, <laughs> the shirt with all the titles, and then just on the back, Mike. So. <laughs> well, if it brings you joy, please by all means. <laughs> I don't. My final thought is, you know, it really does boil down to the voices in your head, where your focus is, what you're thinking. Others are thinking of you. It can change your focus and alter the voices in your head. It's all about the input. It's all about the heart condition. I, mean, I could go on forever, but it really just comes down to application. And that's where I'm going to leave it. Micah? Just echo the scriptures where it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And it says, All these things will be added unto you. Everything falls into place when we seek him first and him only. That, like Carl said it, he hit the nail on the head earlier. It's about our relationship. Yep. 
And that has to be the priority to seek, to seek him first above everything else. <laughs> oh, you pointing at me now? I am. Wow. Are we back in the schoolyard days? <laughs> we are. It is SpongeBob's turn. <laughs> I'm going to throw it on the wall until it sticks. Hey, I'm a sponge. I soak it in. I don't give it out. <laughs> Yeah, so what do you think of that? It kind of messes up my idea for the nickname. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> I don't know. I guess uh, only sucks so much, and you have to be wrung out. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. You better think about that for a bit. I got wrung out, Bob. Wrung out, oh. Bob. How about? How about no? <laughs> <laughs> how about you just keep your own name? <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, uh, I don't know. You know. uh when we say that uh, we're undeserving, which we are, very undeserving, um, that we are. But the devil wants he whispers in your ear that you're not worthy. And I have so much trouble with that word. Mm -hmm. I hate that word mm -hmm. because God deems us worthy. Because if we wasn't worthy, he would not have sent his son to die on that cross for our sins. You know, he paid the ultimate price. So, you know, when we when we set and focus on ourselves instead of him, we miss the point. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we miss the whole we miss the whole conception of what he done on the cross for us. Especially when we put ourselves in front of him. You know, we should never put ourselves before God. Mm. You know, because he's he's way up here. He is so far, he's so far above us that we could never bring him down to our level. <sighs> so my thing is, I'm I'm just going to kind of say what Micah said. You know, you got to seek the kingdom, and I'm going to go back to what Carl was talking about. To you you got to have a personal relationship. Absolutely, guys. If you don't got that relationship, you ain't got nothing. Yeah, not a thing. You know. Uh, and when you say you're when you say you're a follower of Christ, don't only be a follower. Love him mm. and truly pour your heart out to him because he poured everything out to us. That's all I got. Mike. Still hit the same, Carl. I think uh, I love it. <laughs> I think that uh for me I I I got to constantly remind myself that, that God's my best friend, that he's given me everyone that's in my life and everything in my life. And I sometimes still put those things above him. But again, he's the only one that's never let me down and he never will. So I have to remind myself that He's the reason for everything, and he deserves everything I have. I'm going to go, and then I'll have you go, and then you can pray us out. Okay. How about that? <clears throat> One of my things <clears throat> that's always been hard for me is being transparent, <laughs> right? Like keeping stuff really super close to the best, and that's something that I've felt like I've worked extra hard at as being transparent and open. Now I know that there's 
times that you can't be 100% transparent, but you have those people in place so you can. <clears throat> so my final thought is the ugly part of your story you're living through right now is going to be one of the most powerful parts of your testimony. Because I always look at it like it's bad for me, but it's it might be worse for somebody else. Yeah. So telling people my bad stuff might give them hope in him. Your turn, professor. So I mentioned that my vernacular had kind of changed. I, I went through a season where I sort of knew him as the most high God way up there. And now I'm in a season where he's teaching me about himself as the eternal father and tell a story about how he kind of used, because he was, he was really pressing that on me, how he reveals himself through his names. Um, yesterday I was, there was a period in the day where I was, I was kind of having a rough, rough time. My daughter and I weren't getting along and there was a point when she looked at me and I could just see hate in her eyes. And I know she didn't mean it, but it, it hurt. And uh, I just had to take a walk. Sorry. <clears throat> I had to take a walk to separate myself from it and just pray. And as I'm walking, uh, the name of a, of a brother of mine came to mind, Will, because I know that he's having some similar, not not similar, some some issues in the, in the home also, but they're, they're rough. For some reason, I thought of that. I just kind of pushed it out of my mind. And it was, you know, it was a sunny day. <laughs> and I came to, in the sidewalk, I came to a place where there's a tree and there was shade. It's the only shady spot. And I kid you not, the second that I I stepped into the shade, my phone rang, and it was Will. And I answered, and I said, hey. And he said, hey, man, are you okay? He said, I know I needed to call somebody, and a few names came to mind, and something said, I need to call you. I just broke down. I'm like, no, man, I'm not. I'm be honest, I'm not. And we just prayed together. Man, the timing of that, that, that the father saw me hurting and saw me in pain. And he intervened in such a way that he was so kind and compassionate that he even took care to make sure I was standing in the shade when I got the call so I could kneel there and pray. That's not something that a God way up in the sky separated from you does. That's something that a father walking right next to you does. We've we've got to we've got to get to a place where we know him as our father. And he loves us and he cares about us. And he just wants us to love him back. And we've got to stop we got to stop using callings as an excuse to not love him like we should cuz I think that's what we do. I think we're so for like the calling turns into a me thing. What am I doing to gain accolades for you, God? That's not love. It's not. We need to love him first. That's all I got. Now let's pray. 
Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all that you do for us, for all that you have done for us, for all that you will do for us. We praise your great name. We, whatever glory we think we have, we lay that down at the, at the foot of the cross. We lay that down at the altar and we give it all to you. You're worthy of all glory and all praise and all honor. And you're so good. And I, where would we be without your kindness, without your compassion, without your mercy? Just help us to get to a place where we can receive that, where we know you not just as our creator, but we know you as our father and our friend who loves us, who rescues us, who's mindful of us, who sees our pain, who sees our hurt and reaches down to heal it. Just thank you so much for everything. I just pray that everyone listening, that they would know you as their father, that they would learn to know you as their father and their friend who cares about them and who is mindful of them and who sees them because you're the God who sees. You're the God who sees. And I just thank you so much for that. Again, I give you all the glory and praise and I pray that your hand would rest upon us, that your spirit would dwell within us and that you would just Reveal anything within us that's separating us from you and our relationship and get us to a place where we can we can confess that out loud so that you can heal it and draw us back to yourself. Because at the end of the day, our relationship with you is the only thing, the only thing that matters. And I pray that you just lead us to commit ourselves completely wholeheartedly to that relationship. It's the name of your precious son, we pray. Amen. Amen. And until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. Then I noticed someone standing next to me in the river of life. Still carried the wounds and the scars he took to save my life. Covered by my blood Singing glory, hallelujah.